You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT, we're glad to have our intrepid California Outreach Director, Craig Hansen, to report on a recent vigil in Fresno, California. This was held at the ALTER Conference. Now, not to be confused with A-L-T-E-R, it was spelled A-L-T-A-R, in Fresno, and so I'm going to turn it over to Craig to talk about the significant event and the efforts by our team in the Fresno area. Craig? Well, thank you, thank you, Tom. Uh, yeah, the event was called the The Altar Conference with an AR, and it was uh, entitled Where Heaven Meets Earth, and it was conducted April 5th through 6th, 2019, at the uh, Save Mart Center in Fresno. Uh, you can go to the website, and it's just thealterconference.com if you want to look at it. And the Save Mart Center in Fresno is a huge complex. It's a 650,000 square feet uh, multi-use arena complex uh, for the California State University at the Fresno campus. It's used for basketball, volleyball, and ice hockey games, rodeos, concerts, conventions, and the list goes on. And for concerts, the capacity is over 16,000. And I, I'm not good at uh, uh, numbering crowds, but it, literally thousands attended this conference. And it was by far, many times over, the largest single gathering where We Hold These Truths has conducted a vigil. Here's the uh, stated purpose of the altar conference. Quote, the altar is a weekend of dynamic worship and powerful teaching, provoking believers of all backgrounds into a lifestyle of radical pursuit and relentless devotion of Christ. That sounds good. And it goes on, this is more than a moment. This is a movement. The altar follows a four-step strategy to cultural impact and kingdom advancement. We will come together to unify, worship, activate, disciple in an effort to see the people of God in a region both inspired and equipped to walk out the Great Commission. So that's what they said as far as their, their purpose. Uh, the key speakers were Derek Carr. He's the Oakland Raider quarterback. Francis Chan. He's a Bible teacher who goes all over the country and the world probably. Uh, Maddie Montgomery. He was a uh, hardcore band uh, vocalist. He turned evangelist. And Heidi Baker. Uh, she's a missionary in Africa and a whole score of musicians. Under um, the What We Believe, they said, there is only one true God, Yahweh, who is the eternal king, redeemer, and creator. And in the rest of their what we believe statement, it really is a faithful representation of the gospel message with uh, more of a focus on, I guess you'd say, the Pentecostal movement and with the gifts and expressions like that. So it's definitely more towards that. And under their Disciple Nations banner was this quote, at the altar, we are working to foster greater cooperation and collaboration between church leaders, church communities, and denominations for the glory of God 
and the sustained advancement of his kingdom. This is not just a moment. This is a movement. Well, what was so different for us, unlike our vigils that was usually carried out with when Christians United for Israel shows up, whether it be their conferences or a a presentation at uh, some Zionist church where we've done most of our vigils at which there is a blatant Zionist teaching. I mean, that's what Kufi is all about. That's It's in your face, Zionism, 100%. Well, at this conference, it's a mixture. Our presence there at this conference was more of an educational effort to inform the Christian community, and it was a broad section of the Christian community, to inform them as to what Zionism is and its dangers. I told most of the people that I spoke with that I would probably agree with a lot of what was being taught at the conference. But the problem is, it's just that little bit of Zionist poison that ruins the whole thing. Uh, We really had a a captive audience. This is the most up close and personal of any of the vigils that I've ever done where we hold these truths. They have a designated free speech area, which was just a few feet away from where the conference attendees, they had to line up to go through security about an hour before the events even started. And some people got there, including us, before the hour before the hour. So a lot of people were lining up over the three entrances. We definitely had a lot of people noticing our signs. I don't think of the thousands of people that were there, I don't think there was anyone who did not see one or more of, of our signs. It was kind of interesting. We had several what I call hit and run, God bless Israel, comments people would come by and they'd just say god bless israel and they would but they wouldn't stop you know they would just it was just a kind of a hit and run god bless israel thing one interesting personality that came by was our, our good friend pastor sean Beatty of uh, clovis hills church where the, the intrepid group there in fresno have have been uh, outside of his church with our signs for quite some time and he came by and and patty said hello sean and his response was oh the protesters so that's we got that out of him some of the signs that and banners that we had held up, one, uh, Christians Against Zionism, that was a, as a new sign, No More Wars for Israel, several versions of that. Zionism is racism, which gets right to the core of the matter. Innocent Blood Gaza, and that's about a four-by-four four sign, so that one it gets a lot of notice. Zionism, the strong delusion from Second Thessalonians 2.11, and Choose Life, Not War. This is this was one of the most interesting. You know, we we've got our signs up there, and we want people to see it. But I had no idea that we'd be used as a signpost. This one lady, people all over the place, and trying to get their groups together. And so she's on her cell phone, and she says, "Hi, honey. See the yellow big sign, Christians Against Zionism sign. Well, I'm just to the right of that. So yeah, she she was using our sign uh, as um, as a signpost, which was kind of funny. That was good. And we really were close to the crowd. There were three entrances that came in on the north side of the building, and we had them all covered. Now I'd like to uh, turn it over to our David Jacobs, who led the uh, Fresno We Hold These Truths team. David, uh, why did you pick the Altar Conference to hold a vigil? Well, I had looked up what their agenda was. Uh, actually, Patty was out there about a year ago and had found out about the logistics and the free speech areas and all that stuff. And so since then, I've been monitoring what so-called Christian events are going to be taking place out. So I found this altar conference. So I said, sounds like a whole bunch of Zionists to me, and we need to go out there and uh, spread the word. So that's exactly what we did. And I'm glad that you came down because I think you were having more fun than a pig in the mud out there. Now watch Uh, out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I do have to say, David, the interaction is, for me, is what really counts. Because, you know, standing there with a sign, you have no idea what people are thinking. And everybody was thinking something because I'd look up and the people were just intently looking at our signs. And it really, you know, rattled some people. And for me, when people would interact, I would always share my story because I'm not preaching to them. I'm not saying you believe this and it's wrong. This is my story, how I became aware of what Zionism is. And I said it happened when I heard the stories from real Christian Palestinians. And I also would explain to the people why we're there in front of a Christian conference. Well, I was there on that West End and I had my sign leaning up against the hedge there. And I was kind of walking back and forth, trying to make eye contact and so on and so forth. And, and the people were looking at the sign. So I just started asking, them, what, what are your thoughts on the sign I've got here? I have the one that says pro-life, pro-war, which has a picture of a, a, a dead Palestinian child on it. And they would ask, what's that for? And then that was the opening to talk to them about what the carnage and war crimes that are being carried out by Israel in Gaza and on the West Bank. But my impression was they were more in tune with the spiritual good feeling that they were looking for when they got inside. And in fact, one of them, I heard somebody on the phone saying, someone called them from inside and saying, oh, there's a heavy spirit going on. And I'm thinking, yeah, I wonder what kind of spirit that is. Well, David, I was really surprised how many questions when people would come and they say, what is Zionism? I was kind of dumbfounded by that. And I ended up having to explain to almost almost everyone that uh, that stopped by. And I really applauded anybody that would come and, and talk to us because we're so scary looking to begin with. You know, yeah. I mean, they found in themselves the courage to come to us. But I would always explain to them that Zionism is not a religious or biblical position. It's a political uh -huh. position that believes that the people who call themselves Jews have a right to take over the land of Palestine, remove the indigenous population by any means whatsoever, whether it's terror, wars, laws, or genocide, or whatever, to create this Jewish state in which the Jews are always the majority and dictate the policy over all the inhabitants. And when I talk about that, I say, well, there never will be a two-state solution for the Arab and Israeli conflict unless it's imposed on Israel by a stronger external force. Because the plan for the Zionists from Herzl onward has always been complete domination of the area. Well, I was in the same position. I hand them the folder and flyer, and they're looking at it, and I would ask, do you know what Zionism is? And none of them did. And so then I got the opportunity to explain that a little bit to them. And there's also the uh, portion on there where we're urging them to uh, be a Berean and go and check it out for themselves. And they didn't even know who the Bereans were. And so it was educational for my part talking to these people, but it just is overwhelming to me how unlearned they are. It just brings me back to that they're listening to the uh, sound bites on uh, CNN and then what little bit is coming across the pulpits. And, of course, John Hagee, he's the big force behind all of this. I met a pastor Saturday afternoon from uh, Bethel Community Church down in Sanger, and he was telling me that he's a supporter of Hagee and Kufi and that they uh, were sponsoring a Kufi event on Sunday and invited me to come. I asked him, I said, well, you know, I just can't agree with John Hagee's saying that the Jews don't need salvation. 
And his response just was amazing to me. He just said, well, John Hagee was having a bad day when he said that. <laughs> and I just, oh, my head about spun around with that. Well, you know, David, you mentioned the uh, about a Berean, and like you, you said, the people are, are pretty much ignorant on the scriptures. And where that comes from is uh, Acts uh, 17, uh, verses 10, 11, where it says, The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue there. Now the Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Uh, they received the word with eagerness in examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And that's what we're trying to challenge Christians that have been Zionized to see these things are so. Look at what we're doing. I know Patty wants to put a sign up that says, pastors prove us wrong. What I want to go to now, Patty was right there with me. A young pastor came in and was asking questions why we were there and what our signs were all about. He'd ask questions from the scripture and then I would answer those questions. I could see in his eyes that he had never encountered anything like us or our message before definitely was challenged and i don't think he'd ever examined premillennial dispensationalism or knew why he believed it and why it existed patty any comment on that encounter i could tell that those three guys were troubled you talked to them for quite a while and i think they were really searching they didn't say much they really listened very intently to you what we want for everybody is to do their own research. And one thing I'm very encouraged by, because we've been out there now several times, and it's usually a lot of the same staff for the Save Mart Center. And i got to tell you, the people that work there, they're getting this. Because for one thing, we only show up when there's a Christian concert or event going on. So they obviously know that that's who we're targeting. And one of the security guys told me, he said, I'm doing my own research. And he said, I know what you're trying to do. It is so much fun because for me, I get questions that I've never even thought to, to even answer, to like even be a possible question. This one came to me about being pro-life or pro-Palestinian. And this one guy said, well, which saves more lives? So in other words, like you could be pro-life, and you're going to save more lives than if you're pro-Palestinian or anti-Zionism. So if anti-Zionism is only saving you know, X amount of, of lives and being pro-life saving X times four number of lives, then it's better to be pro-life and to, to forget about being anti-Zionism. I go, I have never heard anything like that. It's like he was looking for a body count or something. And I would come back and, and say, no, it's not the lesser of two evils. If you're going to be pro-life, you're going to be holistic pro-life. You're pro-life against the abortions. You're pro-life against genocide against the Palestinians. You're pro-life against the uh, sanctions against Iraq and killing millions of innocent children. You have a pro-life position across the board. You can't be pro-life and pro-war. Those things just do not go together. One other guy, his comment was, well, you can tell Jews are blessed financially by God. That's because they're God's chosen covenant people. So I, so I asked him if riches were the sign of blessing. And it's one of those things, you go away from the, uh, the meeting or whatever, and go, oh, you know, I wish I had thought of that sooner kind of, kind of thing. But what I, what I wish I could have said to him is that, you know, I should have pointed out that the mafia, Genghis Khan, and thieves 
were rich too, but that's not because they were blessed. You know, I didn't, I didn't think of that until, until afterwards, but they would, with the signs too, because no more wars for Israel. And I'm, I'm holding the one up, which shows the young uh, Palestinian throwing a rock at a tank coming down the street. And they, so they asked me if I supported Palestinian violence. And my response to them was, have you ever been completely hopeless? To think about that, that your livelihood's been destroyed. You've seen your brother or dad hauled off into IDF prisons. You, the, the family land has been stolen and you know, trees and orchards run over by the Caterpillar tractors that Israel bought from us. And I said, no, I thoroughly condemn the violence on both sides, but I cannot imagine what hopelessness does to a person. So throwing out things like that, and of course they wanted to pigeonhole me, well, are you a Republican or you're a Democrat, you know, kind of thing. And I said, no, I'm neither a Republican or a Democrat supporter. They're both messed up. A lot of different people would try to put us in a pigeonhole into some category so they could then kind of uh, marginalize our message. And I, I refused to go there. I know that a lot of people are coming with a pure heart, wanting to get more of God as they know him. They want to experience more of Jesus in their lives. And this is what's being fed to them by the churches. We saw lots of groups, you know, with the same shirt on, obviously from the same church and people coming from all over the place. And I'd like to put on the website too, Derek Carr's powerful testimony. It was posted in the, in the Fresno Bee. And uh, let me just, just quote a little bit, because he is the driving force behind this, at least for the name recognition and probably the financing too. This is what it said from the Fresno Bee about Derek Carr. After witnessing and life-changing experiences, and that was a Michigan conference, Carr added, quote, I think that I hope people get out of this, that they find the same love that I found, and that's why I use my platform this way, I do. It's to point people to Jesus. Then the question, but why Fresno? And Carr wanted to bring something amazing to a city that's always been home to him. Quote, Fresno has a great feel for community I think the pastors in the city have done a fantastic job of preaching community, preaching togetherness, and preaching the love, and all we want to do is accelerate that. All we want to do is bring all those people into the same room, Carr said. What I saw at the conference in Michigan blew my mind. Literally, people just being healed right in front of me. When I saw that, I said, man, how awesome would that be if it came home? Carr recalled Friday night in Fresno. All of a sudden, my heart just burned for home. And so I understand the zeal for Christ, but is the fact that they want to bring people into a relationship with Jesus and then put them in these Zionist churches. It's back to the poison injection again. I love the concept. Yes, let's unite the body of Christ together. And Jesus talked about in John 13, 14, he says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And it goes on, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And how I see it, the only antidote for the Zionist poison is to get the truth out and have the Holy Spirit work in the hearts of people to lead us all to the Prince of Peace. And that's kind of how I saw our agenda is trying to educate these people that there is a danger out there. And yes, you're especially vulnerable when you're coming with anticipation to receive something you're you're open and then you're but you're open to a lot of other things too and the, kitty you talked about that just the injection of a jewish law 
And even in their statement of faith, they use Yahweh, you know, talking about God the Father, that we would typically say God the Father or Jehovah. They use Yahweh. And the, the whole concept of even the altar is a lot of this symbology of the Old Testament, the altar and the sacrifices and the temple, bomb, 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 all, all the way down the line. So to me, it, it just sets you up to be able to receive more of the, uh, the Zionist teaching. What I noticed a lot, especially when those three young men were talking to me, and I, I made that uh, Christians Against Zionism sign low enough so when I put it down, I could actually be looking over the top of it and rest my arms on the top of it. And so I'm engaging with these three young men, and just kind of looking through them, I could see everybody on the sidewalk behind them all looking intently and listening to the conversation. And that's what I, I love the most about this is that we were so close to the the conference attendees and they had to hear they had to see and whether or not they came over and talked to us which obviously uh, most of them didn't but the bold ones did and the everyone else got to benefit from the other people you know coming to us so that was really neat i just want to thank you guys you know so much for putting this together it was definitely a, a good way to celebrate my birthday weekend so thank you so much this is chuck carlson in listening to this great effort. If I was a listener and didn't know better, I would think there were a hundred of you out there and that you overwhelmed the crowd of a thousand or five thousand or however many thousand over there. And I happen to know that our vigils that we've done more than 150 times, but we rarely have more than five or ten people present. And quite a few of them have been done by one or two people. And it's not uh, the numbers that count, it is doing it right. Having the right message and saying the right things. Because David and team, you are like a catalyst that makes a reaction take place in chemistry. My son runs a chemical plant and they make catalysts and they make a lot of money selling them because you can't make plastic without them. And there's only a tiny little particle of platinum or silver or something in, in, each, in each molecule that makes it all happen. And you guys are the catalyst in front of that organization that causes the reaction in the minds of those people. And there's no way for you to measure the impact of what you did there, how other people will respond to that. And so as we close this program, uh, we'd like to suggest that if you're a listener and you tune in on this and you want to become a catalyst uh, in your neighborhood or in ours, uh, let us know. Give us a call and uh, contact us and let us know that you're interested in helping because we need to do this in a lot of places. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1.